Hey guys, it's Cameron, and I'm recording this at LAX Airport in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles because I wanted to get some great news out to you, and I wasn't able to make it to the show last night. Put Your Hands Together is so excited to be joining the Feral Audio Collective. This is a group of podcasts where uh, we can retain ownership of the show, and a wonderful group of folks helps us to create a great web presence and a nice site, and then also have a donate button and an Amazon referral page. Uh, we'll get you guys some more information in the future about everything that I mean. I'm going to write a post about it, put it up on the Put Your Hands Together Facebook page. But until then, I just want you guys to know that you can now listen to all of our shows at feralaudio.com. We've got our great new logo up there. It's the same as the old one, just a bit spiffier. And we'll still be on iTunes. Um, and if there's anything that you're wondering, hey, what can I do after almost two years of a great, great show? Well, guys, we now have a brand new spiffy, delicious, wonderful donate button on our Feral Audio page. So the number one thing that you could do is to toss us some money. See, hear that? That's a wonderful announcement. You guys, thank you so much. Please enjoy the show and go on over to feralaudio.com and click donate. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. one i love that last one how are you guys doing i am so proud of you guys for mustering the strength to clap along to the theme song give it up for yourselves for clapping through this heat let me ask you guys this is it hot enough for you no let's turn these fans off let's get it real steamy maybe take some peyote figure our lives out together you guys, I'm Rio Butcher. I'm your guest host this evening. Uh, Cameron Esposito, she is sick. She's not feeling so well. So let's give her some good vibes and clap it up for her. And all the comics that are in back, they can hear you. They're here listening. So I'm here to talk to you guys about some stuff. Some stuff in my life. We're going to sweat it all out together. Have an existential crisis together. I do just want to check, are you guys okay? Because it is very hot in here. Everyone's okay? You're hydrated? Anybody drinking any hot coffee right now? I would advise against that. Anyway, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed my awesome t-shirt, my Sons of Anarchy-esque t-shirt that I'm wearing today, but it is uh, purchased in my hometown of Akron, Ohio. That's where I'm from. Thank you. Single person. Yeah. Are you from Ohio, you guys? No, just into it? Kentucky? Somebody's from Ohio? Awesome. Yes, that's... Uh, I like to call Ohio the thinking man's Indiana. <laughs> I love my home state. But it's pretty true. <laughs> it is a pretty true. I, uh, so I got this t-shirt in Akron, which, uh, if you read the news at all, is also the hometown of Mr. LeBron James. Uh, we actually grew up in the same neighborhood. He took all the basketball skills and didn't give me any. He took them all. 
It's also the home of Devo and the Soapbox Derby, and they make a lot of tires there. So it's like a super fun place to grow up, you know? It's like playing basketball in the hood or wearing uh, flower pots on your head. That's a Devo reference. Or falling down a hill in an old box for soap. Just a quaint little town. But I bought this t-shirt there. I was there, and I've been wearing it today because I was there for two weeks. Uh, And unfortunately, I wasn't home for, like, a super fun reason. I'm just going to get real with you guys. Uh, I went home because uh, my mom called me uh, two Mondays ago at, like, 9 a.m. Now, I'd had a really horrible day the day before that on Sunday because the day before that on Saturday, I had had a really fun night. Um, So I decided to, I went on a party bus with some people. And uh, if you don't know this about me, I don't drink anymore. Um, I quit drinking uh, like about a year and a half ago because uh, I realized I'd just done all the drinking. (laughs) When I started drinking, I was 12 years old in this old hometown. First time I drank, I had two Colt 45 40s in direct succession chugged, mind you. I didn't sip those bad boys. I chugged them. And then I threw both of them glass bottles at a brick wall. They don't just give you this haircut. You have to earn it. You can't just walk into a store and say, hey, give me a badass haircut. You have to prove it. Throw some bottles at a wall at 12 years old. Rip the filters off some Newports at 12 years old. That's what I used to do. I used to find Newports on the ground. Those are cigarettes, by the way. For those of you that are healthy, those are cigarettes. I would find Newports on the ground and rip the filters off and smoke those bad boys at 12 years old. It is a wonder I am even standing here today with that childhood. Anyway, so uh, that Saturday I decided to have a good old time with some other things, uh, which I will not mention because sometimes my mom knows how podcasts work. So I'm just going to leave that one alone. You guys can let your mind run wild with it. It was not heroin. I'll just count that one out. And it was also not cocaine. So it was just fun with some mild, a lot of pot. It was a lot of pot, okay? I had a lot of pot, and I was on a a bus, train thing. Anyway, so I had a crazy evening with some people. And the next day, uh, I had a really bad day uh, because I had forgotten to take my antidepressant. And so then I went into withdrawal from my antidepressant, uh, which was, like, seemingly uh, being in withdrawal from heroin. So it was as though I had taken heroin. Anyway. So long story short, I had this horrible day on Sunday and had this weird thought because my grandmother had gone into the hospital for what seemed to be a routine uh, new medication that they wanted to put her on. She had just turned 88, and they made the poor woman go into the hospital Uh, so they could watch her on her 88th birthday, which means she had a bracelet on her wrist that said 82726, admission date 82714, which is like the most badass thing you can have on your wrist. 88 years, and they made me stay in this place and eat this shitty jello. So anyway, I'm in this stupor. I'm trying to become a human again, and I get a phone call on Monday morning at 9 a.m., and I know, you know when you get those phone calls and you're like, this 
is not the time that my mom ever calls me. <laughs> Why is she, this is bad. I can tell this is bad. And so I pick up the phone and she's just already crying. She tells me that my grandmother's gone into hospice, which not a good thing. You don't typically come back from that. So I was like, all right, I'm getting on a plane. So I'm still like hung over from this party. I put the phone down, I get in the shower, I throw clothes in a bag, I get in a lift, and the lift driver is the sweetest little thing. She's like talking about her old coworkers and talking about how she has drunks that are hung over all the time. The whole time I feel like I'm gonna be sick. Trying to pretend as though I'm not hung over one bit, just like, mm-hmm, yeah, hungover. <laughs> Trying not to puke in her little plastic kitty cup that she has full of candies for her lift riders. So then I get to the airport. And I go to my terminal. I go through security. I do all that. I go to my terminal. I'm like, this ticket doesn't seem right. And the woman's like, yeah, this flight's canceled. <laughs> and I was like, can you help me? Please help me right now. And she's like, I'm sorry, we're really busy. And there were two people behind me. So I just decided, all right, fine. She's like, you got to go. You got to go back to B1 or wherever the gate was. And I was like, do I have to go through security again? She's like, Yeah. So I went through security again. I trekked through LAX. I went through security four times that day just to get a flight back to Akron, Ohio. And I did make it. I flew all the way there and I watched Draft Day on the way, which was like the most appropriate movie I could be watching, flying to Cleveland. They probably only fly it on, or play it on flights to Cleveland because those are the only people that are ever gonna watch that movie. Nobody cares about the Browns. Anyway, I'm rambling here, I'm sorry processing some things so I get back and my grandmother is absolutely it seems to be at the end so I go through this crazy experience of days with my 88 year old grandmother who is coming off of all these all of her medications because they just stop giving her medications so she is like otherworldly she's saying insane things and looking insane you know just like in between states basically it was one of the most intense things I'd ever seen. And one, one day, uh, my, it's just me, my mom, my grandmother, and my aunt. We're like a real small family of just real strong women. So we're all standing around my grandmother, and it just looks like she's going to go. Like, all the signs are there. We call in a chaplain. We're like, sing I, I haven't prayed in years, but I said, and our father forgot half the words. was just mumbling on through it. And like, just like an intense, intense experience. And I, I just, I kept looking at her going, wow, this is it. This is it. I'm so glad that I'm here. This is so sad, but I'm glad that I'm here to experience this with her. And then all of a sudden she just goes, <clears throat> I rule the roost <laughs> and comes out of it. She comes out of it. This is a woman who is sitting like a like she's in a sarcophagus or something. Like she's Tutankhamun and is just like going to the other side and then she's like, nah, fuck it, I'm coming back. <laughs> she is a tough ass lady. But I come from like a tough ass town. And I'll leave you guys with this little tidbit, because I already told you about the drinking thing. Um I decided over this trip also to just stop talking to my dad. Not a good guy. I think we all have people like that in our lives. Uh, some of them are dads. <laughs> and that's why a lot of us are stand-up comics. <laughs> a lot of bad dads in this career. But uh, one thing that my dad used to do 
that I didn't realize until recently, not everybody's dad did this uh, when I was a kid. Every time he would get a new vehicle. Now, when I say new vehicle, I don't mean new vehicle. I mean new to him. So he was getting like a 1984 Ford F-150 in 1990. That was a new car. He would get that car and he would do a series of like uh, fixes to it, just like his own little tinkerings. Number one, he would fix the radio to be turned on without the keys. So that was fancy. It's fancy in 1990. There was no Bluetooth back then. So this was like badass. But the other one that I really realized nobody else's dad would ever do this, he would take the seatbelts out. <laughs> not just not use the seatbelts, not just drive with seatbelts in the car and be like, nah, I don't need these seatbelts. He would take them out, <laughs> unbolt them, and throw them away. Both sides with an eight-year-old child. So I don't talk to my dad anymore. Because he doesn't talk to seatbelts. <laughs> so, with that crazy story that I just opened the show with in this hot box that we're living in, do you guys want to start the show? Awesome. Well, our first comic is in from West Virginia, uh, which is also part of where I'm from, so I'm super excited about this. You guys are going to love her. Give it up for Sally Brooks, you guys. <laughs> Doing, everybody. It's nice. I uh, I am here from West Virginia, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm just excited to be somewhere with clean water. This is amazing. You guys don't know how good you have it. It's uh, I've been here for three days. I've taken 105 baths. I'm so clean. They're never gonna recognize me. I think I may have caused the drought. I don't know how things work. I drank 75 gallons of water before I got here tonight. This is all water weight. I'm usually super skinny. I'm gonna stick with. It. I'm like a model, like usually. In West Virginia. I'm like a West Virginia model. <laughs> Let's go with that one. I, uh, I did kind of start a new diet. I found out that I'm gluten intolerant. You guys know what that is? I, uh, I found out that I'm gluten intolerant. I think the way most people find out that they're gluten intolerant, you know, I was like, hey, I like bandwagons, and I jumped on. That's how <laughs> most people get on board with that. It's annoying talking about your diet, isn't it? I hate it. I hate when people talk about their diets. I, uh, it's my third least favorite thing that people talk about. Um, number one least favorite thing, obviously, is when someone's like, hey, do you want to see a picture of my baby? And it's their dog. That's number one. Um, number two is when someone's like, hey, do you want to see a picture of my baby? And it's their baby. That's number two. Number three, diets. Shit out. I don't have kids, obviously. I, don't, I, uh, I did actually, I recently had my first pregnancy scare, um, which I don't think is what you're supposed to call it when you've been married for eight years, but that was how I phrased it. But it's cool, you guys, I didn't. We're fine. We, uh, we, uh, I'm empty inside, but like in the best way possible. I'm, I won. I did. I live in West Virginia because my husband is a college professor. That's what he does. Yeah, I know. I seem kind of dumb. I don't know how it happened either, you guys. He was like a dirty hippie who ran a natural food store when I met him, and then he got his shit together, and I'm still here living my dream, so I don't know what happened. I just, I don't ask a lot of questions. He has good health insurance, so I love it. I mean, I love him. He's amazing. You guys should meet him. He's great. So we moved there a couple years ago, which means that all the people that we've met since we moved there, they're also college professors, which means that I just spend all of my time when I'm with those people being like, 
never thought about it that way. <laughs> That's what I always say, because I never understand what's happening when we're talking. And they're all just like, wow, your wife's so quiet for being a comedian. She's so quiet. And I'm just like, what am, what am I going to talk to those people about, right? Like, what am I going to add to that conversation, you know? Am I going to be like, oh, hey, you know what? The other day, uh, my comedian colleagues and I were discussing whether a uh, beaver burp is a good name for a lady fart. Is that... <laughs> We're showing here about 60%. It's pretty fucking funny. I mean, the rest of you are wrong, but, you know, whatever. It's hot in here. I get it. It's hard to laugh really hard at dirty jokes like that. It's a dumb pun. I'm sorry. I actually had a woman. I told that joke the other night, and there was a woman. She was sitting kind of in the front. She had her arms crossed. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I know that was kind of dirty. Did you not like it? And she goes, uh, I don't get it. I was like, you mean you don't? You didn't like it? She goes, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a grown woman. Um, I then had to explain in front of a crowd of people to another grown woman what a queef was. But I did it, you guys. I did it. I did it. Yeah, thank you. You're right. You should clap. You should. And then I called my husband up, and I was like, who's the professor now, motherfucker? And then I hung up the phone. <laughs> Class dismissed. That's <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that's good about living in college towns. You get to see fun stuff. I actually, I see this all the time. I, it probably doesn't happen here because it's very hot. But in uh, these college girls, like in the middle of winter, they will like go to the bars in teeny tiny little dresses and nothing else. You've seen this. Yes, they're freezing cold. Um, I like to do a public service. So what I do is I just drive up next to those girls and I roll down my window and I'm like, put on a coat. He'll still fuck you. <laughs> right, dudes? Right. It's the truth. It's the truth, right? I mean, that is my lesson to young girls. It's like, look, you don't have to try so hard. You don't. Like, it's, I mean, wear whatever you want, but please do it for yourself because guys are so easy. I mean, I, here's the proof. I went to college in the 90s. I wore overalls to the bars, and I still did all right, so, you know. <laughs> Fun stuff all the time in West Virginia. You guys should go. I think you'd like it. I, uh, or not. Just don't. That's fine. I actually, uh, I, I saw this the other day. I was, uh, I was coming out of a store, and I saw these, like, five little kids, and they're climbing all over the back of this pickup truck, and there's no parent in sight. And then the dad comes out of the store, and he yells at one of the little boys. He goes, get off the tailgate. This ain't your fucking birthday. <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever heard yelled in a Kmart parking lot. <laughs> it was awesome. I, but I get it, right? Like, we all get it. I mean, you guys get it, right? Like, we've, we've all been there, right? Come on. You guys remember You guys remember back when you were, like, 10 years old, and you were always having to ride in the back of your dad's pickup truck with your four little brothers, you know, because your sister Mary Sue and your dad's new girlfriend Cinnamon get to sit up front because they get motion sickness, whatever, right? You guys remember, right? No? You guys remember sitting back there, and you're just looking at that tailgate, and you're like, man, I can't wait for my birthday party, you know? This is going to be so much fun. You know, this... This is prison. This is freedom. Prison, freedom, prison, freedom, prison, freedom, prison, freedom, prison, freedom, 364, my fucking birthday party! <laughs> Just me? Okay. If we were in Fresno, that shit would be nuts. Like, people would be like, oh yeah, tailgates, fuck yeah! I do a lot of driving to shows uh, in West Virginia because um, I gotta get out of there. And, uh, and, I, 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 take a, I usually drive everywhere. I should take a Greyhound bus, uh, but I have taken a Greyhound bus one time. I assume that everybody here has also taken a Greyhound bus because I think that's how you get to L.A., right? Like, everybody comes on the bus and is like, someone make me a star, right? That's how it happens. Is that not right? I saw that in the movies once. I, uh, 
One time my gray had this gray on bus experience. One time. It never happened again. Here's what happened. Uh, I was on the bus. Uh, first stop was a prison where they let off all the ex-cons straight from the bus, from the prison, right onto my bus. Like, they were like, woo, we're out. And I was like, woo, I'm 18. Like, that was, that worked out. And then this guy who had been on the bus before, he came and he sat down next to me so that I wouldn't have to sit next to one of the ex-cons. And I was just like, uh, all right, move along, cock block. Like, someone's getting lucky. They haven't seen women in a while, all right? Don't you judge me. It was a freer time. I'm not going to take your judgment here in this hot box. I'm not going to take it. That was a nice thing, right? That's a nice thing of that guy to do, um, except he had been drinking all day long, uh, which I realize now was the right thing to do. That's how you should ride a Greyhound bus. That is, right? He was doing it right. I was doing it wrong. But he sat down and immediately passed out on my shoulder, just right away, right on my shoulder. And then a minute later, uh, I feel something hard up against my leg. And I was like, uh, I don't know what the protocol is here, right? Am I supposed to be like, um... Excuse me, sir, uh, I think maybe you left your penis on the bus. I didn't know, you guys, right? I didn't know. Uh, and uh, got up and left, still there. And uh, it turns out, you guys, it turns out, don't worry, it turns out it was just a half-empty bottle of wild turkey. And I am really bad at knowing what a boner feels like, right? <laughs> like, if there was a game bottle or boner, I would lose every time, you know? Because I'd be like, uh, bottle. Well, shit, a dick again, damn it. <laughs> I will tell you, ladies, uh, if you ever play that game with a dude, it's hardly ever going to be a bottle. That's just a tip. I mean, probably more, but you guys get it. All right, thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> Sally Brooks, you guys. <laughs> I love that line, oh, shit, a dick. Because <laughs> that's what I said, like, most of my teenagehood. <laughs> I didn't come out till I was 22. New forever. Didn't come out till I was 22. That's thanks, Ohio. Really appreciate that. Um, I went to West Virginia as a kid with my family because that's where my dad's side is from. Uh, my mom's side, like they used to, like my grandmother was first generation. My family side's from like Scotland and Ireland, like you know, just super white places. Uh, but nonetheless, not here. And then my dad's side had always asked, like, where are we from? West Virginia. That's it. <laughs> so we just sprang up out of West Virginia and butcher holler one day. So I went down to West Virginia with my family to see my great-grandparents. And uh, you know that phrase, shooting fish in a barrel? We did that. <laughs> it is not as easy as you'd think. Because <laughs> the light breaks. You, gotta, you have to account for that. Anyway, it's a lot harder than you'd think. Keep that in mind when you go to West Virginia next time. All right, you guys ready to keep the show rolling? Awesome. This next comic is in from Chicago, and I love him very much. We uh, did comedy together in Chicago for a little while, and he's super funny. You guys give it up for Mike Leibovitz. I like it. You guys know you're trained. You put your hands together. And then you, you take them apart and you put them back together again. Because otherwise it doesn't make a noise. It just makes it look like you're praying, you know. And uh, I don't have the answers. So, uh, this is great to be here. Hot room, guys. Hot room. This is a uh, hot room. Give it up for, uh, for Rhea and for Sally. They were great. Uh, 
I'm, I'm glad to be here. I, I am visiting from Chicago. I, uh, I uh, got in yesterday, and so today I've just sort of gotten settled, and I, you know, I unpack my suitcase, and the uh, suitcase, I keep saying, it's a Trader Joe's bag, is what it is. I, uh, I, uh, people say, you know, we should get rid of uh, the, the bags at the grocery store, but it's like, okay, then where would I get my luggage? You know what I mean? Like, let's think through all the possible ramifications of these policy changes before we make them. Yeah. Where I live, they still ask you paper or plastic. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Paper or plastic? Like, why don't you throw me both? I got a carry-on and a personal item. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, not that I do a whole lot of fly-in. I don't. I, I am more uh, at the uh, Greyhound bus stage of my career, as we say in show business. Uh, Sally was talking about the Greyhound. I, I usually take the mega bus because I'm. I got a little bit of class, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been on the Megabus. It's like, a, it's like the Greyhound, but it's double-decker. So it's, you know, twice the sadness, none of the customer service. It's a good, uh, it's pretty sweet. I actually prefer it to flying. I do. What? That was controversial. Can I back it up? Let's fucking see. Here's why I prefer taking the bus to flying. Because in addition to it being much cheaper, there is also uh, a slight security difference, which... I enjoy that, right? Because when you fly, you know, if you look uh, and smell like me, um, they, uh, they pat you down, they swab you, you know, they x-ray your civil rights, they uh, take dirty pictures of your soul or whatever. I don't know what that machine does exactly. Um, and all this is to make sure that you don't have a bomb. That's why they're doing it, right? Whereas when you travel on the bus, deep down... Uh, they're kind of hoping you do. That's, uh, that's the main difference, really. I, I think like, People with flying money walk around the airport like, <laughs> I'm about to uh, meet up with my fiancé in Milan, and uh, we're going to visit all the World Heritage Sites in reverse order this time, just for giggles. Life is precious. <laughs> but everyone boarding the bus is just going... I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on this thing for 12 hours. And then, ugh, I'm gonna be in Cincinnati. Um, so if anyone wants to make an executive decision, this would be the time. Uh, I'm saying is let's not screen the bags, let's roll the dice, let's live a little bit until we die. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with Cincinnati, I don't wanna insult, is anybody here from Cincinnati? One person? All right, fucker. Uh, no, I, that's good for you. I, I think that's annoying when people talk shit about different cities. That's stupid. I think, like, don't go to that one city. That one is stinky doo doo. You, know? <laughs> you should go to this other city with better sports teams and more to do and the, the doo doo, not quite as stinky. You know, or like, whatever people say, I don't really know. I don't listen, I mostly talk. I do a lot of cocaine. So, um, but I think it's stupid. It's all relative. Is what I, this is what I mean. Uh, I got a blowjob in Toledo one time. I gotta say, that's one hell of a town. Um, I'm going back there for sure. That's all I'm saying. Uh, okay, one person's had his dick sucked before. Uh, everyone else is like, blowjob? What's that? Is that like a beaver burp? What is that? I don't know, I don't know what that is. Um... Uh, you guys are nice. I, I need a nice crowd like this. I, uh, I, I've, had a, I've had a tough day. I'm tired. I, uh, I went to the bank today. So. Uh, it's never a good thing when you go to the bank, really, right? Because you can do everything you need to online or 
on your phone, you know. Maybe you got to go to the ATM once in a while if you're a fucking caveman. Um, but if you're actually going to the bank, right, you're going in, I'm going in. Uh, generally, there's a fucking problem, uh, is what that means. I had a problem. They were trying to uh, steal my money. I don't know if you've ever noticed them doing that, which is always weird. It's like, this is not what we agreed on. I don't know why you're doing this. It's like all those fees they charge you on your checking account, right? That is, that's theft rebranded. That's all that that is. In my view, right? Like, account inactivity fee? Okay. That's a pretty fancy name for you weren't using it, so I took it, bitch, right? Like, fucking bullies, you know? So I always go in and I, I try and, you know, I try and talk to them and I'll just go in there and I'll be like, hey, you, know, you guys, you took my money, uh, you rapscallions. You know, I, I understand why you'd want to do that. Money is, is very nice, but uh, it's mine, so I'm going to need it back, you know? And I, I don't just come in with just, hey, I've got evidence, you know, I've got receipts printed out. I'll show them, like, you can see I made this deposit at this time, and then later I made this transaction, so there's no need for an overdraft. You can just take care of that right away. Right? They've always got some reason why they're entitled to your fucking money, man. Like the, and they're so pleased about it, too. They'll just be like, <laughs> let me take a look here, sir. <laughs> clickety, clickety, clickety. Oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> I see what the problem is. You did have the balance, sir, but <laughs> unfortunately, you did not have the available balance. <laughs> I wish there was something I could do. It's like there is. You could make it available, right? Like you're a bank. That's kind of your thing. You need to believe in yourself, bro. You can do it. Well, I always say, well, it takes 24 hours for a check to meow, 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 meow. No. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It used to. It used to take three days for a check to clear, but we live in the future now. We, we do. I can, I'm just a regular dude, right? But I can video conference with my brother in real time. He lives in Taiwan. I can do this on my phone. I don't know if you remember, they couldn't even do that on Star Trek. They had to be on the bridge for that. <laughs> but you're telling me that Chase Bank, one of the pillars of the world economy, they have the data plan where they have to wait for the Earth to make an entire revolution on its axis before they can retrieve their money from Bank of America, huh? Hmm, they don't think so. <laughs> So you go through all this, and finally they'll be like, mm, well, I spoke with the manager, sir, and it turns out we can reverse your fee. <laughs> it's a courtesy. <laughs> That's not a courtesy. Fuck you. Right? If I steal something and give it back, I haven't done you a fucking favor. You never heard a kidnapper say, mm, well, you paid your ransom, so I suppose as a courtesy, you can have your daughter back. <laughs> Bullshit, man. I don't know if you guys are like me. I'm totally missing. Like if they if they try to not reverse the fee too, I've got my I got my ace in the hole. You know, I, what's the ace in the back pocket? There's a hole in it. I, uh, um, I tell them I go, you better reverse this fee or, or I'm gonna cancel my account. Uh oh. What you gonna do? I'm gonna cancel this account. What you gonna do? I'm gonna cancel it. Mm. I already canceled it in my mind. <laughs> like this guy gives one tenth of. 1% of one fuck, right? Like, oh, you mean we'll never get to have this interaction again? Oh, no. The bank's really going to miss your $46. Yeah. They're such thieves, though, man. They do shit where they're like, it's like for them, 
but they try and make it seem like it's for you, like that do that. Oh, we we signed you up for our, our free fraud protection. Oh, thank you. What does that do? Fraud fraud protection. Oh, it's great. It uh, it uh, randomly deactivates your credit card for no fucking reason. <laughs> Has it ever actually prevented fraud? No, but uh, it does inconvenience many of our customers. Which is, <laughs> doesn't protect against it. You know what it'll do from time to time is it'll uh, let you know uh, exactly what your financial institution thinks about you uh, based on your purchase history. So here's a quick example. I recently had the fraud protection kick in and declined my credit card at the health food store. So that means there's some dude down at headquarters just like, whoa, 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 whoa. 1450 at Karma Connection Produce? That ain't our fatty. Shut it down. You know what that feels like? You're standing in line with like a bundle of kale under your arm. You're trying to make a positive change. <laughs> Only to discover your bank thinks it's more likely your credit card's been stolen <laughs> by a berserk macrobiotic health nut, right? He's on a reckless leafy green spending binge, this guy, you know? He's an addict. Before he nabbed your card, he was just fucking shaking in front of a Jamba Juice, right? Just jonesing for phytochemicals. Poor guy, right? Bothering all the customers on their way out. Like, let me get a shot of wheatgrass, man. I'll suck your dick. <laughs> that's more likely than maybe Mike's going to make a salad tonight. That's, um, that's good to know. Well, <clears throat> I don't know what to say. That... Uh, Last line, that was supposed to be the big closer, and uh, uh, you guys kind of fucked up on that one. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Good luck with the rest of the show, though. You guys were a lot of fun. Thank you. Mike Leibovitz, you guys. Mike. Super good. I think we'll just keep the show right on rolling, if that's all right with you guys. Awesome. This next comic is a friend of the show, and he has a new special out on Netflix. Uh, you guys should check it out, and he will tell you what it's called, because it is escaping me at the moment, because I'm good at my job. My hair is, is wilting right now, so just forgive me. I apologize. You guys, give it up for Shane Moss. I'm Shane Moss. I have a new special on Netflix. It's called Mating Season. Um, would have been funnier if I would have also forgot. Um, it's nice to be here. Uh, the sweat box is very alty. I like that. Um, who needs that mainstream 72 degrees bullshit, huh? I, um, so, anything you guys want to know about me? Um... <laughs> All right, so those crutches weren't a prop that I uh, hobbled in on. I, um, what happened back in May, I, I broke both of my heels. Uh, one, is, uh, one is now okay, and then the other one needed major surgery, and it's kind of fucked up. And, um, and then, because I couldn't care for myself, I was forced to go and live in my parents' basement in Wisconsin for three months. So it's nice to be here, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> How I did it isn't that great of a story. All that happened, I was hiking, I jumped off a thing that was too high, and then I broke both my feet at the same time. (laughs) Turns out, that's the worst way to break both your feet. 
is at the same time <laughs> how I recommend breaking both your feet if you're really determined to do this what you want to do you want to break one foot then you want to let that sucker heal then go ahead break the other foot because that way rather than having to crawl down a mountain for three hours you could hop <laughs> which I have to imagine is faster <laughs> it's good to be here I was sick of feeling sorry for myself so I thought I'd have others feel sorry for me um, a lot of workload off of me yeah uh, oh I, I, I'm these are jokes you can feel free to laugh this, this was when you hurt yourself everyone gives you a lot of silver linings uh, no, no one just gives you any practical advice no one's ever just like at the risk of making things awkward just remember suicide's a card you can only play once so don't waste it on a temporary setback that's something you can use instead people try to list silver linings they like to list all of the good things about breaking both of your feet like no girl's gonna complain about you wearing socks in the bedroom because of your fucking surgery scar anymore stuff like that you're gonna get a lot of material out of this How's it going so far, everybody? <laughs> Worth it, I think is the answer. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Gotta be so positive these days. You can't feel bad. Maybe you're supposed to feel bad sometimes. Maybe those icky feelings might be good for you. Maybe if I would have had a better fear of heights, I wouldn't have done this shit to myself. Maybe the reason why I get depressed sometimes is so that I don't go, oh, me? I'm oh, just sitting in my parents' basement with two broken feet, killing it! <laughs> no reason to adjust any future strategies in my life. But you're supposed to be upbeat all of the time. You're supposed to triumph over adversity and write a self-help book and get on Oprah. How come Oprah never has a guest on that's just like, Oh yeah, some stuff went bad, then stuff went worse, and then stuff got really bad. <laughs> I'm gonna die soon. <laughs> you won't see that guest. Uh, all the sponsors will drop here because you can't have reality when you're selling people bullshit. Instead, you have people that lied about their experiences to sell books. Every time I tell people I crawled down a mountain for three hours, um, everyone's like, oh, have you seen that movie 127 Hours? That's what everyone says. If you aren't familiar, a man, a boulder fell on his arm. He was stuck in a cannon for five days, then had to cut off his own arm with a dull knife and then crawl out of a canyon. And, um, and then he wrote a book about how it's the best thing that ever happened to him. <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> Says he's stronger for it. Hmm, really? What are you benching these days? <laughs> Says he wouldn't change a thing. Well, then you missed out on a valuable opportunity to learn. You know what I thought? The second I broke both of my heels, I went, oh, not doing that again. Because that's how your brain is supposed to work, see? 
I learned a very important lesson. I learned it from a doctor. Doctor said, how high were you when you jumped? I said, I don't know, 10, 11 feet. Seemed a little high. Took a chance. He goes, oh, 8 feet. That's a threshold. That's when stuff starts breaking. I go, oh, I didn't know it was 8 feet. Seems like an easy thing to teach a kid that 8 feet. And you just go, oh, yeah, no, I can't do that. Rather than just using your rule of thumb, checking the wind, oh, I don't know, I'll use my best guess. Eight feet, why didn't they teach us that when they were telling us to shoot for the stars and we were going to be presidents and whatever sociopaths do? Eight feet, that's some valuable information. I, um, I did this in uh, Sedona, Arizona. If, uh, if you aren't familiar with Sedona, Arizona, it's where aspiring warlocks go to live. I was going there to visit my friends who are weird, weird, weird people. They're, um, they're um, a bunch of new age weirdos. Sorry, all of you. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I was going there on a mission um, to do ayahuasca for the first time. Ayahuasca is the world's most powerful hallucinogen. It's a tea that they have in Peru and there's shamans and all this shit and everyone sees like God and has all these spiritual experiences. It's what DMT, it's called the spirit molecule, um, comes from. And, um, and I've done DMT. Uh, it's a really fun drug. Yeah, I saw all sorts of shit and none of it was true. That's, it's a hallucinogen because you hallucinate. I don't trip to have a spiritual experience. I trip because I enjoy having a good time. But um, it's hard to find this stuff, DMT, because one, most people haven't heard of it, right? And then um, two, uh, no one will sell it. They'll just give it away because it's a spiritual thing. So there's no market for it. So you can't just go buy it. And then when you ask, like, I'll sometimes just be on Twitter like, hey, anyone have any DMT? <laughs> and uh, people are like, just, just make it. It's so easy. What is this, Breaking Bad? No, I want to pay money for a product. Uh, you don't buy weed. Uh, hey, can I get some weed from... Oh, it's so easy to grow. Just take some seeds, get some fans and some lights, and six months from now, you're going to... What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so the only people that have DMT are the weirdest people. That's stereotyping. There's plenty of regular people that have DMT, but if you're looking for the stuff... like Imagine if you were uh, looking to hunt on the down low right? Uh, plenty of normal people hunt, but you wouldn't just go up to every normal person on the street. You'd pick the guy wearing overalls and the Confederate flag hat. Be like, well, that guy hunts. I'm going to ask him about hunting. So you got to find weird people to find DMT. I was in Scotland one time, thought I had a lead on some DMT, and this guy, he was like, yeah, uh, I, I know a guy that can get some. Here's the thing. He lives in a treehouse. <laughs> I was like, I'm intrigued. And let's set this up. So we get a hold of this guy in the treehouse by a pigeon or something. I don't know how he got a hold of him. And then he, uh, the guy, because he won't sell it, you know, he just gives it away. But since he was doing me a solid, figured maybe I could do him a solid as well, which involved me... This is what he asked for. He asked for me to bring him a barrel of biofuel. I had a similar reaction. <laughs> Said, nope, don't need that shit, <laughs> I guess, if it's going to make me into a treehouse person. 
And I feel like a failure of a comedian for not following through on that story because I should that should be a better story for you guys of me rolling some I gotta sort out how to find biofuel in Scotland and then roll it through the forest. Or maybe he's just in a suburb, it's like house, house, tree house, mailbox out front, or does the mail carry? I don't know. These are all details I could have told you guys. Um, but I can't live my life like that. I can't, comics just can't take the craziest path being like, we'll get material out of this. Otherwise, skip forward to me five years from now. I'm in Times Square on a chariot being par- pulled by a bull, butt naked, my head's on fire, cops chasing after me. What the fuck are you doing? My job! <laughs> so you can't do that all the time. So I went to Sedona, um, to uh, find the weirdest people that I could to, um, to get this ayahuasca stuff, right? And so I was hiking with my friend who's the weirdest human alive and then his wife who is a psychic. She is a psychic person. So I broke my feet with a psychic. Yeah, she didn't get the irony in that either. Um, don't worry, guys. I'll explain. See... I was with a person who claims to, for a profession, see into the future. And then I broke my feet. Which I wish she really was a psychic. I wish she really did see into the future and it was just my closed-mindedness. I wish this had been the moment that opened my eyes. Like earlier that day, I get there, hey, how are you? She's like, I have a very important message for you. Here, take this. Gives me like a fortune cookie or however magic works. I go, oh yeah, I'm going to stick this up my ass for all the good it's going to do me. Skip forward to five hours later, and I'm down, I'm scooting down a rock on my butt, and I'm like, God, this is uncomfortable. Oh, there's a thing in my ass, isn't there? Take my pants off, pull out this fortune. Oh, I forgot about this. I wonder what this says. Open it up, unfold it, and it's just a picture of me in this very scenario. Because <laughs> on a rock, my pants are down, and I'm just holding a fortune cookie, mouth agape. I'd be like, Shane, you fool! You closed-minded asshole! You had to be a skeptic. You had to question everything. All you had to do was believe. This wizard tried to help you. And all you had to do was be open-minded enough to accept her magic. Instead, you stuck it up your asshole. The answers were inside you this whole time. Unfortunately, that's not what happened, everybody. Instead, I was with a psychic who looked over a ledge and went, yeah, you should be fine. (laughs) And I broke both my feet. Thank you guys very much. You're a wonderful audience. Shane Moss, you guys. Shane Moss, you guys. What a great job. He's killing it. I forgot to tell you guys this one joke, like a a joke that I learned when I was back home in Akron. Uh, One of my cousins told me some fun jokes. This was my favorite. Why do cowboys buy dachshunds? Because they want to get along, little doggy. (laughs) That is a great joke. 
It's a thinker, you know? You gotta let it sink in. Because it's a long little... (laughs) I love that joke so much. Uh, It makes my little... The spurs in my heart just jingle jangle, you know? (laughs) Jumping around. Awesome. Well, let's keep this show going. We got another Chicago guy coming right up. Uh, He's super funny. He's actually performing in colleges all over the country. You guys, give it up for CJ Toledano. Guys, yes, give it up for everything. How are we doing? All of it. Are, Are we hallucinating yet? Can we, can we focus on me? Um, I, she said I perform in colleges. This is, uh, it's not a great thing. I'm so happy to see uh, adult developed people in front of me right now because uh, those are all just teenagers who were just thrown out into the world and then I have to make sense of it all for them. It's not a good situation. Uh, I was actually at University of Kentucky recently performing in front of 800 kids. It was one of the biggest shows I've ever done. And I have this joke where I ask what, this, uh, what the admission, admission rate is at the school. And so I just asked 800 kids, said, what's the admission rate at this school? And it was silent for a second. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle of the audience, this kid just yelled out, 69! And it got the biggest laugh I've ever heard <laughs> in any room I've ever been in. You know how that's supposed to make me feel? A guy who flew from L.A. to Kentucky and then didn't get that laugh? Some freshman who just has been there for two weeks just got... Like, everyone was laughing so hard, and I flipped out on him. I was like, don't you know who I am? I'm the premier Samoan comedian in the college comedy circuit. Some of you guys are looking at me like, you're clearly not Samoan, but I like to tell people that because then it looks like I just lost 100 pounds. Um... I flipped out on him. I flipped out on him so bad that he got so embarrassed that he walked out in front of 799 kids giving me a standing ovation. Uh, That is a true story, and I felt good about it at the moment. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and celebrate. And so I got a case of beer and a large pizza, and I took it back to my motel room. A real victory story. But I went back to my hotel room and I got drunk by myself. And while drunk, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to Google the admission rate at this school. Turns out the admission rate at University of Kentucky is 69%. (laughs) And I think that's part of becoming an adult is realizing the number 69 is a real number. (laughs) Like, if you get a utility bill and it's $69, you can't just laugh at it and then throw it away. You do that and your life is slowly gonna go to hell. So I'm 27, I'm just learning these numbers. Like, oh, these numbers mean other things. 420, hilarious number, but when it's your credit score, get your shit together. It's completely true. That is my credit score, or around there. Um, I, uh, let's talk about the news. I can't even say that fucking seriously. Uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, is anyone familiar with sports here? Uh, He's in trouble for beating his kid. I I was actually um, uh, beat as a a kid, and I'm just, it's not going to be like some Chris Carter uh, viral video that's going to go, I'm not going to say anything worth it. Um, But my mom used to hit me with a belt, but I was a proactive child. When I was four years old, I got my mom to stop hitting me with a belt because she was chasing me with a belt. And so what I did was I just stripped down of my bare body and I said lash me mommy I deserve it (laughs) and then my mom was like I'm just hitting an understanding human being shouldn't be doing this anymore 
I, uh, sports is, is an important thing in my life. Uh, I've had a lot of like weird emotional connections to it. Um, actually, uh, are you guys fans of LeBron James here? You, want to, uh, yeah, you don't have to clap. I mean, he's not going to be like, oh, thanks. He's not going to pop out. Appreciate it, man. Um, be a weird thing. <laughs> thanks for coming, LeBron. No, thank you. Um, who wants to see me talk to LeBron James for my whole set? Uh, no, I, LeBron James, actually, my first ever serious girlfriend, we met uh, in 2009 because we were watching game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. It was the Cavs versus the Magic. And I remember, if you guys ever saw that game, game two, he hit the game-winning buzzer beater. Uh, and right when he hit that shot, me and my first ever serious girlfriend hugged, and we didn't let go for, like, months. Um, very is... That's not funny. It happened. Uh, but then she broke up with me and she became a lesbian, which is it's fine, that's totally cool. Uh, but then LeBron, he left the Cavs to go to the Heat. And I just remember when he won that championship with the Heat, when he was hoisting up that trophy, it just reminded me how much it hurts when people you love switch teams, so... <laughs> I'm like the Cleveland of boyfriends. Uh... <laughs> I, um, what else I want to talk I just, I lost a bunch of weight. Uh, I lost about 30 pounds in the last few months. I, uh, it was weird because, you know, I wasn't asking for that because, uh, I went to a, a doctor and the doctor said I had a weight problem, uh, which is, you know, doctors can say that, but it was an eye doctor at a lens crafters in the mall. <laughs> and at that point, it just, that diagnosis just becomes an insult. Uh, like, I don't know how that is relevant to this visit. Unless it was like, oh yeah, you have a weight problem and it's that none of these glasses fit over your fat fucking face. And then I lost a bunch of weight and I was like, oh, my head's just big. Uh, <laughs> these are all real things. I, I, it's fun. I, I'm going to be celebrating 10 years in show business. Uh, the first eight at Blockbuster. But hey, we all get our start somewhere. And... I was terrible at working at Blockbuster. I was very bad. Here's how bad I was. I once watched uh, a guy walk in and steal 20 copies of the movie Crank 2, and I did nothing about it. <laughs> Why? Because I hate awkward conversation, and also I didn't read the handbook, so maybe somewhere in the handbook there's a thing that says a guy is going to come in and take 20 copies of a Jason Statham movie. So I just said, like, what was I supposed to say to that guy? Like, excuse me, sir, with the Latin King's tattoo and ponytail, are you supposed to be taking all 20 copies of the movie Crank 2? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't want this conversation to go any longer, so goodbye. Uh, so I, I did that, and it's just like, you know, and I also believe in humans. Maybe he just loves that movie so much he just wants 20 copies for 20 areas in his house. Uh, I'm just thinking about it. I'm just trying to reason. Uh, all right. Uh, Rhea was talking about it. She's going through a tough time. I went through a tough time uh, a little bit ago, and it's weird because we are comedians. We have to talk about it. Uh, and I learned that from, my, from actually my dad. Uh, he always taught me how to deal with things as I am as a comedian. Uh, so it was a weird situation. He actually passed away a few years ago. And I remember at his funeral, one of my friends told me at, at his funeral that Michael Jackson died, uh, which is crazy news to get. Uh, but because my dad told me to treat things as I am, I couldn't stop thinking of jokes and premises. So I just kept looking at my dad in this coffin, imagining him in line of purgatory, being like, is that Michael Jackson? <laughs> I think that's Michael Jackson. People are like, dude, that's not Michael Jackson. Like, He's doing the moonwalk. That's definitely Michael Jackson. It's like, this is heaven. Everyone could do the moonwalk. 
I, uh, and it was weird because he was cremated. Anyone ever been... I actually almost asked you guys if you've ever been cremated before. Uh, anyone survived cremation here? Good job. You're spending your life horribly seeing me right now. Uh, but cremation is so fucked up. It's a, the weirdest process ever. What happens in Ohio, at least, what happened was my dad's body was sent to a crematorium, and then it was sent back to our house through regular mail. You guys know regular mail, right? It's that service that us weeklies come through, bills you don't want to pay, and not usually the guy who raised you. That's regular mail. But because my dad was like, treat things as you are as a comedian, I started doing this because my mom, uh, she was very anxiously waiting for my father to arrive with the mail. So what I wanted to do was, I wanted to go on the internet, I wanted to start ordering really weird shit to arrive right around the same time my dad was supposed to. That way one day my mom be like, Colleen, Mark, CJ, come downstairs. Your father's here. And then she opens up the box and it's just a football phone. <laughs> and me being a committed performer, I said to my mom, Mom, you weren't there when we filled out the paperwork. We actually had dad made into a football phone. <laughs> this way it's not weird when we talk to him. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, everybody. I've been CJ Toledano. Good if you're host, Rhea Butcher. <laughs> you guys all right are you guys ready for your last comedian of the evening the headliner if you will well he's just a kid that uh he recently got first place in the horse show up in fresno about two weekends ago so we thought we'd give him a shot you guys ready for that give it up for david keckner you guys here tonight how many people have a naked picture out in the uh, world no by show of hands no be honest with me how many people have put a naked picture out on a text somewhere come on hands up hands up all right I believe half of you who's the first person that you want a Dales who wants a Dales you do all right. I'm bribing the audience. So, uh, I'll try and watch the clock, but at 9.13, just bring the house lights up and we'll be done. It's so fucking hot. You guys are done already, right? If you fucking had it, I have. Not with this audience, but just with life. Okay. I had a thought on the way over here, talking about dick pics. And I don't, uh, I don't mean to be untoward... Uh, but can I say the word pussy? Is that, is that you, you okay? <laughs> the women hooted, so it's okay. How do we get more people to vote? Well, you're going to post inside each one of the voting stations pussy and dick pics. <laughs> Would that get you out? Would it get you out? No? Wow, no. I'm trying to get the young people out and vote. So... Uh, the other comics tonight, did they already fucking do a bunch of kid stuff? 
Did they ruin it? Did anyone do any ankle injury stuff? Because that's all I got. God damn it. Have you ever had a friend that's more of a drinking buddy than a friend? <laughs> kind of person that calls you on a Wednesday at about noon and says, hey man, you want to grab a drink? You say yes, because day drinking always seems like a good idea. <laughs> but you're just going to have one, which is a lie before you even got there, because you know you're going to have two. And once you have two, what is it? Jenny, bar the fucking door, because now it's three, four, five, six, seven, eight plus shots, and you know you shouldn't do shots. And before you know it, you're ignoring texts from your kids. <laughs> About seven, eight, nine o'clock, the owner says that's enough because you and your drinking buddy are hitting on every guy and girl in the joint. You j- jump in a drinking buddy's T-top Corvette, it's yellow, and you find your high school nemesis's front yard and you farm it. You charge on into the night, and right before the dawn breaks, you find yourself both of you ba- on a naked. You're both naked on an abandoned railroad bridge, trading punches till you both fall into the shallow creek below. And just as the dawn is breaking. You find yourself in the back of a pickup truck that's 1967 Ford pickup truck driven by a Native American who's wrapped you in a wool blanket. That's the relationship I have with my wife. It's a hot marriage. How hot? Hotter than this room. How about it? How hot? Five kids. That's fucking hot. I live in Los Angeles, five kids. Check this out, one wife. For now. That's cornball. You know, uh, they say children will teach you things about yourself, and people say sometimes, Dave, what have your kids taught you about yourself? And here's what, uh, here's what I've learned. I fucking hate kids. <laughs> got to be careful sometimes I think you know what maybe I'll just quit being a dad wouldn't that be fucking awesome yeah (laughs) I thought of that one on the way over too will this work oh uh, the other day, my son, my son who's eight years old, Sergeant, yes, I know, cool name, true story. He, uh, I had to discipline him, right? And not the way you're thinking. Uh, I don't, no, no corporal punishment. Uh, by the way, dis- discipline means to make a disciple of. So all this corporal punishment that people are either for or against these days with uh, the Peterson case, that's not a good disciple, right? You're just teaching people to go out and beat people. I I realize I've kind of broken the mood and I want to stay right there. I'm going to do a quick five on Gaza. I'm a little pissed off it's out of the news. We'll go do some Ukraine and then ISIS. I got some fucking great ISIS stuff. Yeah, we're going to get fucking real tonight. It's okay. It's all right. I want you to feel. So, Sergeant, uh, I said you got to pick up your room and you can't have your iPad back until you pick up the room. And he says to me, I'm never going to talk to you again. And I said, can I get that in writing? (laughs) My whole fucking act right there, folks. It's that arm. Our youngest daughter has started coming into our bed at night, in the middle of the night. Uh, 
And she's our youngest, so you kind of allow it, you know, because it's not going to happen forever. And uh, I don't know what happens. She wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning. She must think, oh, fuck, they probably miss me. <laughs> she grabs her blankies, heads down the hall, gets in our bed. Then there's no sleep for the rest of the night. But like I said, it's not going to happen forever, so you allow it. She's 25, so... Don't give in to that. Don't. Do I have one more kid joke? I'm trying to think. Oh, a couple more. Okay. <laughs> Please don't. I know you're all kids. Who grew up in a family? Just you? You two? Rest of you not? No family? 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 Most of you know? Orphans? Street people? Okay. I get it. A rangy bunch. I could tell when I walked in here. That's fine. Someone creeping on me? See how quick I was? I'm trying to think where I was going to go. Hold it. Okay. So, my daughter, Margot, again, cool name, is 12. And I said, honey, let me do the birds and the bees with Margot. It's about time. Uh, she has not gotten her menstruation yet. She's a tall girl. She's going to get taller. Right, ladies? Uh, guys, you'll, you'll find this stuff out later. By the way, everyone's parents hated you at some point. I just want you to have that comfort. That's what we can all share. There's at least one day in your life that your parents are like, I'm fucking... Mm. So I said, let me talk to Margo. And I didn't really talk. I went in there, opened up her laptop, and I typed in three letters, XXX, and whatever came up, I just let it play. And I said, that's the birds and the bees, honey. Good luck. Right, ladies? It's fucked up now. What is going on? Hey, guys, you don't get all three holes. You gotta earn the third one, all right? It's not yours. It's hers. It's her choice. So back the fuck off. And ladies, no means no, even if you're in a relationship. Like, get the fuck out of that. That's my button. And I mean mine. <laughs> Weird. All right. We got three minutes, I guess. I fucked around too much. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, by the, oh, here's the other part of that joke that's not really working on it. Um, porn is so strange. All three holes. It's like some fucking fucked up version of tic-tac-toe. I know. I fucked it up earlier because I, I started talking in between it. Um, the other way you can get to cats games, you go, I got herpes. My son, when he was 13, uh, we were driving, and he goes, um, Dad, we're, we're just he and I in the car. Um, Dad, and I'm like, uh-oh. Something important's coming up, because he's got that long um pause that we teach in our house. <laughs> um, you know porn? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um. Um, which part is, um, the pussy and which part's the clit? And here's what I said to him. I said, I don't know. <laughs> also, son, I don't care. <laughs> it's terrible. Come on. All right, it's 9-11. We got to go out. Uh, let's see. 
Do I hold on? Should I can't re- I can't I didn't bring my glasses. I left them in the car. I might have one more thing and let you guys get the fuck out of the heat. What do I have? I can't fucking see it. Birds and the bees. I, this, yeah, it's your fucking future. I'm not kidding. This is what's going to happen in the end. Well, 40 years before the end, I hope, right? Um, if, the, if the foundation of ethics is listening, I guess I'm not a very ethical person. Because when my children speak, I always say this. Shh, shut up! <laughs> All right. God, I can't even fucking read right. Always bring your glasses. All right. <laughs> um, there's a lot of Hasidic Jews that walk around in my neighborhood and they're always dressed in black, the pork pie high, by, uh, hat. I like to pretend they're big fans of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Thank you. That's what we're going to go out on tonight. <laughs> and you know what? I'm okay with that. Play some more Volcano Sons. midterm elections coming out. If you're not registered to vote, you should vote. Vote. You have to because I gave you a beer. All right. That's it, folks. Have a good one. It matters. It matters to me. It matters. It matters. It matters to me. Does it? enjoyed a dance partner more than just right now? Never. (laughs) Never have I ever. David Kegner, you guys. Make sure to go out and vote. And give it up for all the comics that you saw tonight. Sally Brooks, DJ Toledano, Mike Leibovitz, Shane Moss, David Kegner, and me, your host, Rhea Butcher. See you guys next week, next Tuesday. Thank you, guys. Put your hands together. 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 Put
your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh. Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.